Ask not. I have a dream. Violence breeds violence. Repression breeds retaliation. And only a cleansing of our whole society can remove this sickness from our souls. Tear down this wall. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. You may even get tired of winning and you'll say, please, please, it's too much winning. We can't take it. Hello, boys and girls. It's Friday, so I'm back again. I actually kept my word. Two episodes in one week. Your boy is sticking to it. This episode is proudly brought to you by Mystery Time Adventure Hour, a new podcast by the girls Shannon, Liz, and Kiana. It's a fun paranormal podcast for your listening pleasure and can be found wherever you download your podcasts. Make sure to attend their special event. They have a live event on October 19th at Studio 37 here. So if you're in Nuevo, Michigan, October 19th, make sure to go. It'll be a fun time for all. It is an all-ages event, so I'm sure they'll have lots of fun stuff for kids. Not really. I'm pretty sure it's more of an adult-themed thing, but sounded good coming out. Now on with the show. Top of the list for you guys, I wanted to talk about the death of Burt Reynolds. Yesterday, Burt Reynolds passed away of an apparent heart attack at age 82. Obviously a notable actor, had a lot of big roles. The most memorable for me was Deliverance. I remember that uh, movie really uh, messed with me as a kid. I could never listen to banjos the same way again. He also was probably most notably known for his role in Smokey and the Bandit. So here's Burt Reynolds. He was a, a different sort of guy, definitely had the machismo going. Uh, had that arrogant persona, but uh, I know he, he tried to make a lot of amends in the past few years for uh, womanizing and such, and too bad to see him go, but he definitely lived a full life. On to uh, more uplifting things. I uh, recently did a social experiment at work where I decided to interact with anybody that came within five feet of me. So anybody that walked by me or I walked past or anybody that got in my five-foot bubble, I would make sure to greet them, say hello, and take in their interactions. The first time I did this, I wasn't quite prepared within myself. I uh, ended up spending most of the day with a little bit of inner rage. I was upset about just the dismissive nature of people, and I just took it poorly. I uh, let their negativity get seep into me, and even though I'd say a good 40% greeted me back and smiled, there were, you know, another 40% that would just kind of not say anything and walk by. And there were another 20% that gave me a, a visibly negative reaction just for saying hello as I was passing them. So at the end of the day, like I said, I wasn't, I w didn't really guard myself or prepare myself for it. And I, I felt negatively. And then I thought to myself, you know, what was my point in this? Why did I want to do it? And that was to see their genuine reactions. So I decided to reset and do the experiment again a few days later. And this time I went into it knowing that, hey, there's going to be a good majority of people that are not going to respond kindly. So taking that into account, I made sure to reset myself 
and stay positive no matter what. And I actually saw an uptick in positive responses by not dragging in that negative energy. And it was a fun experiment to see just how people respond. A lot of people just aren't sure how to take it when somebody's completely positive, but when it's just a random interaction. I also make it a point whenever I'm in a doorway to hold the door for the next person. I've noticed that this doesn't happen very often anymore. I know when we were kids, at least where I was from, we were always taught to hold the door for people. But it doesn't seem to happen as much anymore. But you'd be surprised how excited people get just by you holding the door. There were also a few, you know, there's a small majority of people that get offended by door holding. But I don't let that, you know, get to me. I think that's more of an internal thing on their part that they feel like that somehow you're diminishing them as a person that they couldn't do that themselves. But that... In that regard, it was a very small minority that did not appreciate the door holding, but that's just a general practice for me. I've also incorporated this greeting of people in in my bubble. I don't hold to it with a five-foot range because sometimes that just gets overwhelming when you're in a crowd, but I did learn a lot from it, and I did enjoy the experiment. And like I said, I got a lot of strange looks out of the deal, and it kept me entertained during work. Speaking of work, I do despise my job. I don't really, I don't hate it, but I don't get anything out of it. It's not fulfilling to me other than the paycheck. I don't feel like I'm making any kind of difference in the world. And I feel that I really do need a change. So I've actually started the job search again. Even though I do have gainful employment, it just isn't satisfying to me. So I've started that fun experience of uh, being back in the job market. On the plus side, the unemployment numbers are low, so that helps. Even though jobless rates have never been accurate because they only take the people that they consider are searching for employment and they eliminate all the people that they consider unemployable. So we have artificial numbers, but even by that standard, it is a smaller unemployment rate, so it should be easier to find a job. I actually applied for a training position with the GRPD. I'm not sure I would even take the job, but I figure at least I'll put in my name. It's something that would be fulfilling on a certain extent, and we'll see where that goes. With other job prospects, I'm just starting the search, so we'll see where it might lead. I'm just hoping at least by the end of the year to figure something else out. I, When I first took this current position as a delivery driver, I planned on it only being a short transitional thing. And I've now been there for four years. So I'm ready for a change. Never meant this to be a long-term employment. And I'm just ready for something that really fulfills me and gives me a sense of purpose. It's not as easy with this area to find a job that pays as well as that job does. So it's been a little bit harder to find something that'll still fit with all my responsibilities when it comes to the house and Liam and, you know, yada, yada. Same thing that everybody has. You know, I have, I have bills and responsibilities to pay. Otherwise, you know, maybe I'd just be a writer full time and uh, make next to nothing. So speaking of writing, I, uh, I'm i back writing again. I, I've been writing on a semi-daily basis. I am consistently getting something on paper, and I'm trying to build up these positive habits, doing the podcast twice a week, 
writing almost daily and trying to make it so it becomes second nature because I really expect that because I I know for from personal experience that the time's going to fly by anyways and when I look back over the last 10 years I know that I had time to do these things and I just wasn't especially when it comes to my writing I've had these stories that I you know I already have mapped out I just never decided to put them on paper and it's time to really start you know buckling down making it a habit to write so hopefully that continues that's the plan at this point and maybe you know a new job will help inspire that as well speaking of changes you know as i spoke before in a previous episode i am back on the dating scene i started dating again a little bit it's uh it's definitely a weird process once you think you're out of the dating market to go back into this dating thing and it's extra awkward right now because I also have Liam starting to date. So at the same time that Liam's learning about dating and dealing with women and interacting with women, well, girls in his case, but same idea, I'm back in the dating market. So it's been strange to give him advice about dating as I'm dating. So it goes, it's just been a strange transition, I think for both of us to be dating people at the same time. I I know as a teenager, he has an issue already with thinking his dad's cool or funny. So the fact that he's going to his dad for dating advice is kind of strange. We have had the talk. I recently re-gave him the talk because I felt like now that he is starting to date, maybe he needed a refresher on some of that stuff that he was kind of just embarrassed and not listened to before. So I gave him a nice thorough talk recently. Yeah, it's just as awkward as you would think. I don't think there's ever a way to not give an awkward talk, a sex talk with your kid. It's just part of the game. You know, it's going to be awkward hearing that from your parent. And I could definitely read that on his face. But I definitely wanted to give him the talk and make sure he understood contraception, the, you know, the ins and outs of, no pun intended, of being sexually active. Because I know with myself, I don't ever remember either of my parents having the talk with me. They kind of beat around the bush, (laughs) pun again. Um, but they never really sat down and had any straightforward talk with me about it. So I wanted to make sure to do that with Liam to make sure he's not surprised by anything. We also, when we were talking, we did talk about pornography. I didn't want him to think that it's completely foreign. By no means did I endorse it completely, but I don't want him to feel embarrassed by it. He claims that he hasn't really looked at pornography, which I cannot fathom, given the technology of today. I I just don't see it, but I, I also understand how you don't really want to talk to your dad and tell him how much pornography you, you've looked at before. I just reiterated how important it is never to accept pornography from anybody that's in his class, like girls from his class, because that is child porn and kids get in trouble for that all the time. So if you're going to look at stuff, look at the adult women. He uh, just got red faced and said, okay, on that. I remember when I was in third grade uh, on the school bus, one of the kids brought in a Playboy. And I I can vividly remember looking at one of my first Playboys. I think my first actual playboy that i looked at was my dad's down in the basement uh he would he would keep it on the top shelf of our linen cabinet as if we were never gonna find it and 
that had to have been probably about third grade as well. So second, third grade was when I started seeing pornography, not regularly, but the fact that uh, Liam seems to claim he hasn't doesn't really strike as believable, but such is life with a 14 going on 15-year-old. You're not going to get 100% transparency, but he seems to be pretty honest when it comes to the other stuff. I do remember the first, speaking of technology with pornography, when the, the first time I tried to uh, look at a pornographic image when I was in school, um, not during school, but when I was school age on our computer, it was just a still frame image of Miss Kimberly, which was a WCW Nitro girl who had done Playboy. And it took like 45 minutes for the image to one line at a time, you know, 56K modem out in the country. Actually, I think it was 14.4 back then out in the country, which is just excruciatingly slow. So one line at a time and then you know, you'd, it'd be almost all the way done loading and somebody would call in on the line and it would drop and you'd lose the whole picture. So the kids nowadays do not understand how hard it was to actually look at pornography. Also, no pun intended with the how hard it was back when I was a kid. Speaking of dating, pornography, that kind of thing, it's definitely a theme of this episode. Friday night, you know, you're, you're excited for the weekend, so we're going to talk about some adult stuff. Uh, this uh, dating app, Tinder. I'm sure a lot of you have heard about it. Uh, I just, I can't bring myself to sign up for it. I never could. It, it just seemed, I don't know, too dirty for me. I know that sounds kind of crazy given the previous conversation. It, I just, it didn't click with me. I, uh, I've, I've helped other people swipe left, swipe right on theirs, but just to me, it, it, I don't see the appeal of a Tinder. Speaking of things I don't see the appeal of, the infamous dick pic. I've never understood the quickness with which a random guy will text or message a girl with a dick pic. And till this last week, I didn't realize that women ever kept these dick pics at all. Um, Turns out they do, for all the guys wondering out there. They do keep dick pics, mostly to laugh at. I'm sure some to enjoy later, but for the most part, it's to laugh at or to send to other guys that send them dick pics. So if you send a dick pic, you'll get one back, which uh, I would think would bring down the number of dick pics. But from the sounds of it, the sheer veracity of and flow of dick pics, it's at another level. So maybe this new defense of sending other guys back to these random strangers will bring that down. But... If uh, somebody sees the real appeal of a dick pic, please enlighten me. I, I've i tried to figure out what anybody on either side would actually get out of it, but it just it doesn't make sense to me. I understand a, a nude woman, but a penis? Eh, it just doesn't seem, doesn't seem like it would be that effective of a attraction. Speaking of dicks, <laughs> the Kavanaugh hearings for SCOTUS, and he's the Supreme Court nominee. This last week, it's been a big focal point in politics. They're having a full hearing going over all of his uh, past credentials. And it, it really, at this point, it just seems like a waste. The Democrats are putting on their theatrics over everything that he's ever done or said. But at the end of the day, it's not going to matter. 
the nuclear option has been already invoked. Therefore, they only need 51 votes to confirm him. And the Republicans already have it. So no matter what happens in this hearing, they're going to approve him. So the over-the-top theatrics, the inviting protesters in to scream and yell and get arrested, at the end of the day, it's completely pointless. And I don't agree with the fact that it's a nuclear option and we can have a... Uh, somebody on the Supreme Court for the rest of their life with just 51% or 51 votes in the Senate. But that's the way it is now. If you really want to protest and you really want to change, focus on that and not on the hearing itself, because at this point, you have no grounds to change it. Speaking of outrage and protest, um, Colin Kaepernick and Nike just came out with a new campaign. And the actual campaign commercial was really good. I thought that they did a great job of invoking the the spirit of reaching new heights, never stopping, and uh, believe doing what you believe in. But back on the Kaepernick thing, he was a mediocre quarterback that was already getting benched when he um, did the kneeling thing. I support him 100% in the ability to kneel. It's a First Amendment right. I don't think he's wrong in doing it. I just think that he's not that great of an athlete anyways. That being said, I think this was a calculated move by Nike. They know that they're going to get a lot of sales from the groups that support Kaepernick. And a lot of the far right people weren't buying Nike sports gear anyways. So they're getting a lot of publicity out of it. They're getting, they're going to get a lot of sales. And some of these same socialist uh, activists, that were trouncing capitalism a week ago are now talking about how they're going to go out and buy all these Nike shoes. So they Nike's used this to, you know, up their brand. So kudos to Nike. I think that uh, while boycotts are completely fine to do, they're, they don't really make sense. If you were going to buy a Nike shoe, buy the Nike shoe. If you were going to be upset about something from Nike, maybe be upset with the fact that their shoes are made in poor countries where they don't pay a respectable wage and they ship them here. It costs less than a couple dollars to make a pair of Nikes and they're selling them for a hundred bucks, but you're going to get upset because they have a sponsorship with somebody that kneeled during the national anthem. I mean, it seems a little bit far-fetched, but it is the American way to get upset over silly stuff like that. Another topic of the week was inventor, entrepreneur, mad genius. Elon Musk was on the Joe Rogan experience this week. If you haven't listened to it, it was a great episode. I, I really think that uh, he might be an alien. I don't know that Elon Musk is of this planet. He had, very interesting conversation with Joe Rogan. It went almost three hours, which is unheard of when it comes to hearing from Elon Musk. He's usually a pretty closed-in guy. You might hear, you know, short sound bursts, but to get that long of an interview was pretty epic, in my opinion. During the interview, he did drink whiskey and he smoked uh, marijuana. He took a uh, hit off of a off of a blunt. I've I went, forgot what they're called all of a sudden, he, uh, being a, a non-frequent user of marijuana myself. Um, and in turn, today, the stock for uh, Elon Musk company Tesla 
went down nearly 10%, and two of his board members supposedly stepped down. It's crazy. It, the fact that people are going to look down on one of the smartest men in the world right now because he took a hit of a marijuana blunt is insane. Like the level of intelligence, inspiration, and fortitude of Elon Musk. I don't care what drugs he's doing. Let him do whatever he wants. He said during the show that he was not a frequent marijuana smoker, but even if he was, leave him be. He's bettering the world while other people are going to judge him for something so minuscule as smoking a marijuana blunt, which is completely legal in California, which is where he was at when it happened. So lighten up, people. Also, nice tip from Rod. Buy Tesla stock. It's very undervalued right now because it dropped for such a silly reason. He's still getting all the super creative endeavors that he's got. He also spoke about a Neuralink, which is some kind of implant that they're working on to take, to connect you with technology. I think that's going to be a huge thing in the future. He said he's going to mention something, have some kind of announcement within the next couple months. I think this is going to be a big breakthrough. Elon's a, a genius. I don't think you need me to tell you that. But if you haven't listened to that interview, go listen to it. And if you don't support Elon Musk because of because he, he smoked a marijuana blunt, I, I know I sound super super nerdy and white when I say that. You you know you go somewhere else. It's time to like shift our dynamic in this country to think that marijuana is some evil, the devil's lettuce. That time's over. You know you need to adapt or you know go move down south with Jeff Sessions and maybe you know start your own thing. But enough about Elon. Just wanted to, you know, go on record as with my support of him. Say that uh, he seems like a great guy. Like I said, a, a mad genius. He's got so many creative ideas. He's making things happen. He's got a company where he flies into fucking space. <laughs> I mean, the like anything you. He also sold flamethrowers. It's like the guy took all of his dreams that when he was a kid and he's making them happen as an adult and he's selling them to the public. This guy is a superhero, not somebody to be looked down upon. So, like I said, enough with Elon Musk. He's my hero of the week. Great job, Elon. And in closing, one last plug, another sponsor, JogPod, J-A-W-G-P-O-D, with Dustin Jones. One of my favorite podcasts on the internet. You can find it on iTunes or Podbean. Give it a listen. Dustin's actually the guy that got me into uh, podcasting. I know you guys heard a couple episodes ago when I was with him, but check out his stuff. He's got another great episode up that he put up this week. Give it a listen. We do have that hotline number if you ever want to leave a voicemail with a question or comment. Uh, I don't know if I should call it a hotline anymore because nobody at all has called. Maybe it's a cold line, but uh, it's there. The number is 920-395-8930. As well, we have an email address that is thestarkcontrast at AOL.com. I figured with all the throwbacks and the theme of the show being about how our generation was formed and thoughts in regards to such... AOL would be the way to go. I was surprised that they still had a platform, but I'm glad that they do offer free email still. So thestarkcontrast at AOL.com. And with that, 
I hope you guys have a great weekend. This is Rod Stark signing off.